2: Welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. I'm Jackie Ward. And I'm Kylie Camps. Join us as we
1: explore topics and share evidence-based information, all while honoring our commitment to kind parenting practices. This is a safe space for conversation and reflections on parenting and motherhood, designed to best support you in raising your little loves and to be the parent you want to be.
2: We are so excited that you're here. Let's jump into today's episode.
1: Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of the podcast. This week, I'm chatting solo and actually answering a question that came in a couple of times when I put a call out a while ago, asking what you wanted to hear on the podcast. The request was around what to look for when choosing a daycare, you know, the factors to consider, how to choose the right place, what to look for when you're visiting a centre or doing a tour, and so I thought that I would run with that and actually expand on it a little to share some tips and suggestions of what to consider when you're choosing care for your child, um, not necessarily at a daycare, but for any out of home care. So I appreciate the fact that everyone's family setup is so unique; everyone's situation is very different. And there are tons of considerations, things like finances, how much support you have from your own family and friends, um, the number of children that you have, your work status, if you do work, the amount of flexibility that your role offers you and your partner, if you are um, parenting along with a partner as well. You know, all of these factors and so many more play into decisions around childcare. But I think that even with those differences and those unique Situations that are, you know, so different to every single family unit. I still think that there are some key considerations that are common to everyone. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I'll share some of what I've learned along the way as I navigated the childcare decisions for our family, um, as well as offer five important points that I think, as I mentioned, are common to everyone and are really, really crucial to consider when you are choosing care. Okay, so let's jump into that. First, I guess I just wanted to acknowledge that the decision to put your child in care can feel like a really big decision and a really big transition, if it, particularly when it's the first time that they're going into out-of-home care. I know it felt like that for me. It felt quite overwhelming because with my first child, I really wasn't too familiar with what the options were, what the differences were between the different options and really was sort of unsure about how to even begin looking for the right type of care for my child. So I'm hoping this chat today is, if you are in that situation, is going to give some really practical advice but also some reassurance too if you are feeling overwhelmed with this decision. Here in Australia, uh, the main options for childcare really cover, uh, first of all, like a privatised daycare centre or kindergarten. Then we have community or council run type preschools. And they typically operate only for three, four and five year olds, you know, in that period before they transition into primary school. Uh, we have family daycare centres, which essentially is childcare that is run by a qualified, registered educator who provides care to a small number of children, typically four or five kids from their own home. So it's typically that one educator to four or five children in their own home setting that typically has been modified to accommodate, uh, you know, children as well. And then of course, there is the option of a private in-home nanny. Today, I'm really just covering the out of home care options. I'm not going to go into considerations for choosing nannies or managing that relationship. It's kind of um, a distinct conversation all on its own. Um, but today, whether you are considering a daycare center, a family daycare or a community type preschool setup, that is what I'm going to be covering. So I have five things that I think are worth considering as you make this decision um, that will help you to choose the best and most suitable care possible for your child and your family. Okay, so first and most important, if you consider nothing else, I think that the most important thing to look at is the quality of the relationships that the carers have with children. So by far and away, the most important element is, is the quality of that relationship. Because essentially when you are entrusting your child or putting your child into someone else's care, what you're really looking for is an extension of the attachment relationships they have with their existing primary carers, who typically would be their parents or, you know, primary caregivers in their life. Um, I know from personal experience when you're visiting potential centres and and looking at potential locations, doing the tours, you know, dropping in to visit, it can be really easy to get caught up and swayed by flashy centres that have all of the latest equipment or really, really beautiful setups. Particularly with the new centres that are popping up, um, I've actually seen some really, really incredible setups Things like nature play stations, quiet areas, sensory play settings, and all of these are beautiful and I would absolutely consider them to be to be valuable and a benefit to the centres, but they really shouldn't be your primary concern. So true story, back when I was first looking at um, care for my eldest child who is now almost eight, um, I remember that this actually happened to me. I was pretty overwhelmed at the time with Prospect of choosing a centre and, you know, I made appointments for a whole lot of different locations that I was considering. Uh, And I'll never forget one of those that I visited. It was a new centre and they were actually just still in the process of opening up. I think they'd sort of had a soft opening um, and were just still finishing things off before they opened up, you know, at capacity. When I did the tour there, I was really blown away by the level of detail and planning that had gone into the actual, like, physical setup and the and the layout of the centre. Um, and I was really impressed. I remember I left the tour and got on the phone to my husband and was so excited to tell him all about it and, you know, thinking that my little guy was going to absolutely love it there. Um, the way things turned out, I didn't end up actually going with that particular location, but I had girlfriends who did, um, who had children enroll there. And I heard from them, um, later, you know, once their kids had been attending the center for a while that they weren't actually happy with it at all because of issues with staffing, you know, high staff turnover, that type of thing. And I think that experience and reflecting on that was just a really good reminder that our focus really needs to be on the quality of the care rather than what the place looks like. So how can we probably gauge the quality of care? I always feel like there's a parallel here when you're choosing care. It's kind of like when you're looking to buy a house or moving to, you know, to rent a new house. We organise these inspections or these visits, these tours, and we drop in and often... You know, we're trying to take in so much information in what is essentially like a short visit for such a big decision. So it can really feel like a big ask if we are doing, you know, one, even two or three visits to make such a big decision, you know, before we buy the house or enroll our child into that particular um, childcare setting. But there are actually plenty of things we can be doing to get a feel for the quality of the relationships that the carers at the particular place have with the children. And I'm going to run through some of the suggestions I have for this now. But before I do, I just wanted to touch on something super, super important. When I've made these suggestions in the past to friends, girlfriends or you know other mums that I've met and spoken to. Sometimes they push back on them because they say to me they don't want to come across as being difficult or pushy um, because they feel like that could impact the relationship or potential relationship they have with the educators at a center or even jeopardize their child's um, place or being offered a place at that particular center. And I would just I just wanted to mention that I really don't think that that is something we need to be concerned about. The quality of your child's care is such a big deal and any good educator or director of a centre will really respect the fact that you're so invested um, and will be really happy to or should be happy to answer any questions or speak to any concerns that you have. So if you do have that feeling come up like, oh, you know, is this too much? Am Am I overstepping the line here? Am I being too pushy? I hope that if those thoughts come up, you can hear my voice assuring you that that is not the case and that it's really important that if you do have questions, concerns, anything at all that you want to raise, it's important that you do it. Okay, so my first suggestion, if you are looking to gauge the the quality of the relationships with the carers um, or the relationships that they have with children in their care, is to speak to the educators themselves. You know, we drop in for these tours, and usually there's a bit of a meet and greet, and you'll meet um, the people who would potentially be caring for your child. But often those meetings can be really fleeting. So I don't think there's anything wrong with popping back or organising a time where you can get together with the educators and just chat with them, ask them how long they've been at the centre, what they enjoy about their job. Um, you know, what they enjoy about that particular environment or their experiences there. I think you can soon get a real feel for those who are genuinely invested in the kids that they care for Um, and, you know, that potentially will help resolve any concerns that you might have or or just set your mind at ease as well. It actually reminds me, um, I wanted to share just quickly, a bit of a tangent, but bear with me, a story So um, some of you, if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that I also work at a a hospital school. So on the paediatric ward of my local hospital, we have a school where we support kids who come in for routine procedures and operations, um, as well as children referred through the mental health support team. And we also, as part of our offering, have a program where we support children transitioning to school. So as part of that program, that transition support program, one of our uh, teachers pops out to the preschool or the daycare centre and does an observational visit where they watch the child sort of interacting with their peers and playing and they generally have a chat with the child's educators as well. And I'll never forget once um, one of the educators that we met through this program She was so invested with the children in her care. When we told her the reason that we were coming out and the fact that we'd be visiting and what we were looking for in that visit, when our teacher showed up for that visit, she was actually met by that educator who had pre-typed out and printed pages of notes that she had on this particular child and her suggestions, you know, based on her experience caring for him, On the things that she thought might help him in his transition to school. And I've never forgotten that because I really thought that displayed like a genuine level of engagement with the child, care for him that really went, you know, above and beyond what we were expecting to see in that particular visit. And so I love that example and she always pops into my head that child That child's educator, that particular um, early education centre, because I really think that is the standard that we are all looking for. You know, people who are um, working with young children in a childcare setting—again, whatever setting may be, daycare, preschool, family daycare—those that who are really, really invested in it. For them, it is not just a job; it is a career or a, you know, a life sort of. Um, a career passion. And I think there's nothing wrong with seeking out those people um, to care for your child too. So I just wanted to share that particular example. Some of the other ways that you can be looking to get a feel for that um, relationship is um, visiting the centre again. So not just for the standard booked, you know, 15 minute tour around, um, but drop in, you know, drop in with your child as well um, so that you can, you know, chat sort of informally with the educators and observe them um, as they're, you know, working and interacting as well. I remember my child's preschool, they encouraged us to drop by for morning tea in the months that were leading up to the time that he was going to be starting.
0: How old up?
1: They were so accommodating and, you know, actively encouraged us to do this, um, to pack a a morning tea or a lunchbox, come sit in the playground so that my child could get familiar with the surroundings, get familiar with the educators as well. um, And I could sort of slowly integrate him or support his integration into the center. So I love that idea as well. Um, and then my final little suggestion for getting a feel for the um, relationship or the nature of the relationship that educators have with the kids is to talk to the mums and dads and carers of kids who are already attending. So it's really easy to do this, just casually catch them at pick up and drop off, let them know that you're considering the centre for your own child and ask them what their experience has been like. These are the opinions I think that really matter the most because they are the parents and the carers who are actively engaged and who are going to be able to give you a really honest and insightful firsthand account. Okay, so I think I've gone on about this particular um, point long enough, but just to reiterate my first and most important thing, suggestion of what to look for is the quality of the relationships between the carers and the children. The next one is kind of obvious but definitely worth highlighting on a list, Um, and that is to consider the safety and security of the care environment. So any parent who um, has children, so all parents, um, will know that keeping kids and their space clean is really not an easy job sometimes. And so when you multiply the number of kids in one space, it becomes even trickier. That said, it is a really integral part of choosing a childcare to choose one that has a really safe, secure, clean environment. I feel like when it comes to cleanliness and hygiene, uh, most places are well across this, especially since the onset of the pandemic, but it's still something that's really important for us to consider when we are looking at prospective places. So some of the things to look for are the procedures in place when you visit the location, Do they get everyone to sanitize when they enter? Um, How clean is the area where your child will be leaving their bag or if they're younger and you're supplying bedding for naps or bottles, dummies, um, how are they all handled and what are the procedures around hygiene for those types of personal items? Um, If you're at a centre where you have to provide your own food, that was the case for my children. Um, They didn't have food provided by the centre, Um, how well maintained is the kitchen area, you know, the fridges where you're leaving their food and the equipment for food handling and heating up food as well. It's really, really important that you have a look around when you're visiting the centre for potential hazards or, you know, old toys or equipment. Um, And it's completely okay for you to speak to the childcare staff about their procedures for hygiene, you know, for example, to ask, how often the toys are sanitised or what special procedures they have in place to manage, um, you know, like the spread of common childhood illnesses such as gastro outbreaks. It is super common for children to pick up all kinds of bugs and viruses when they first start care outside of the home, which can be really um, tricky for parents or carers to juggle without, you know, in addition to it being awful for the child, obviously, Um, So I think being aware um, of this and ensuring that any chance they have of of picking up something like that is minimised is really, really crucial when it comes to choosing the best childcare possible. Okay, moving on. The third suggestion I have is to ask about how the child carers or educators will handle situations like separation anxiety Or other tricky behaviours when they, you know, crop up with your child. Separation anxiety and, you know, we'll call them challenging behaviours, but uh, behaviours like, um, you know, not listening, not engaging, actively doing things that they've been asked not to do and then externalising behaviours like kicking, pushing, (laughs) hitting, all of these types of things are really, really common for young children. And so how they're handled and supported by those who are going to be caring for your child is really important. It's also important that you don't assume that it's going to be done your way or in the way that you like um, or that the carers will have the same approach as what you have in your home or within your own family. You need to actually have an explicit conversation around these factors and be really, really clear about what your expectations and preferences are for how things are handled. Some things to consider, um, for example, do they use timeout in response to challenging behaviours? How long would your child be in timeout for? And if you are against timeout, um, that's an important conversation to have to be very, very clear that you actually don't want your child to be left in a timeout situation. Some other scenarios to consider might be um, how would carers approach your child if they weren't cooperating or weren't participating in a group activity? If you have a child who is prone to lashing out when they're upset or dysregulated, so I'm talking about the hitters, the kickers, the biters, um, how would those kinds of behaviours be supported? What is the centre's procedure for dealing with toileting accents? Or what if your child became upset or distressed, uh, for example, separating from you at drop-off in the morning? Many children struggle with that. So what would be done to support your child through that particular experience? I think it is so important that you have conscious deliberate conversations around topics like these with actual specific scenarios um, so that you aren't caught off off guard so maybe the time to have these is not when you're doing that first initial tour um, although you certainly could if you wanted to have them then but at the point where you are considering enrolling your child or popping them on a wait list um, I really think that these are conversations best had proactively so that you are never caught off guard I've actually heard it so many times from parents uh, who aren't happy with the way a situation has been handled that they just assume that it would be managed in a different way. And if we think about that, that is, um, you know, the situation typically tends to sometimes become emotional uh, when parents get involved or if their child is having a hard time. If, you know, for example, there's another child involved as well, these situations can become emotionally heightened quite quickly. But is, we've got to sort of consider, is it really fair of us to expect that it was going to be handled a certain way if we didn't articulate that from the outset? So again, really important that this is just considered, factored into your decisions around choosing a childcare and that they are conversations that you approach proactively. Like I said before, uh, mums I speak to but dads probably too can sometimes feel like these types of conversations um, make them feel like they are being difficult or demanding but let me assure you that this is never the case. This is your child and you're well within your rights and boundaries to talk about these things and I really believe that um, a good educator or director Will be open to having these conversations with you. So, no matter how awkward or uncomfortable you feel, have the conversation, and I can pretty much guarantee you, you will be so glad that you did. Okay, my fourth suggestion kind of follows on from this one, and it is to look for a willingness to integrate your suggestions. I really think that the best child carers or early educators are those who are open and willing to listen and embrace suggestions and really form a relationship with the parents or carers of the kids they are looking after. Now, naturally, when they are caring with um, you know caring for multiple children, it's not always going to be practical for them to sit down for long chats or even to integrate every suggestion um, or idea that families put forward. But I do think having an attitude of um, collaborative care and a willingness to engage with families is so, so important. You know, I've always considered that the women, um, and they have all been women up until this point, but maybe there will be a male in the future. Um, These women who have cared for my kids, I really consider them to be part of our village and valued them for that part that they play in our lives. When you think about it, you're trusting them with the most precious thing you have, you have your, your kids, and so it's really worth nurturing the relationship between the two of you as well as that between them and your child. So little things like finding out when their birthday is so that you can you know, give them a card or a little gift, um, taking in coffee and muffins some mornings for them occasionally, or even just leaving them a note on the sign-out form at the end of the day telling how, them how much you appreciate them is really going to go a long way. And going back to the first point that I suggested, it's really just about deepening the quality of the relationship they have with your child, that attachment, um, and a willingness of educators and carers to engage in that kind of relationship I think is so telling when it comes to choosing the right type of centre. Okay, so final tip that I'm going to leave you with is to listen to your intuition. It shouldn't matter what you've been told who recommended um, a carer to you or, you know, what you've heard about a particular centre. If it doesn't feel right to you or something feels like it's just not matching up to expectations, I would really urge you to honour that. And similarly, if you visit a centre that, um, you know, you haven't been personally recommended to but you go there and you speak to the carers or educators and you leave with a really, really good feeling about it, Um, I think there is such value in trusting that intuition too. You are the person who knows your child best, who knows what kind of environment they are going to thrive in and the type of relationships and, you know, settings that is going to suit them best. So when you're considering, you know, the different type of options available, if that family daycare centre with only three or four other children you feel is going to be best for them, listen to that. Listen to that intuition and and that knowing that you have about your own child. Similarly, you might feel that they are really going to thrive in a centre where they have, you know, they're in a room, a much bigger type environment with four or five educators that they can connect with and have different relationships with and lots of other kids that they can mingle with and play with throughout the day. And that's valuable too. So I think really, you know, shutting out all of the noise, all of the advice and suggestions that everyone is going to have when it comes to choosing a place and really zoning into what it is that your child needs and what is going to help them thrive is most valuable as well. Okay. So that brings me to the end of the five suggestions that I wanted to share with you today, just to recap on them, just so you've got them clear in your mind as we finish up this particular episode. The first was to consider the quality of the relationships the carers have with kids in their care already. So the carers that would be the ones looking after your child, look for the way they interact and relate to children already in their care. The second is to choose somewhere that has a safe, secure, clean environment uh, the third consideration was to ask about how situations or behaviours would be managed and supported to make sure that the way that they are aligns with the, um, the way that you handle those things in your family or in a way that you feel comfortable um, and happy to engage with. The fourth was um, a willingness to collect, collect, sorry, a willingness to connect <laughs> and collaborate from the educators who would be caring for your child and finally to trust your intuition and your knowing and the level and depth that you know your child when it comes to choosing the right type of care for them. Hopefully these suggestions have been helpful for you, have given you something to consider or a bit of a framework as you head out and consider different care options for your child. As always we would love to hear Um, if they have landed with you so please take a screenshot of this episode share it on your instagram and tag us in at the kind parenting company so that we can share that along with you too thanks so much for listening and i will catch you next episode
2: Thanks for joining me and listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed this content and are looking to dive deeper into the support that the kind parenting company offers parents and caregivers, you will love the range of programs we have available. The range includes online programs for supporting baby and toddler sleep, most suitable for babies aged zero to 24 months, and also toddler life, which is a guide for those raising children aged two to four years. Each program comes with access to video and audio files, as well as the opportunity to join the community forums. Podcast listeners receive 20% off all programs. Simply visit the Kind Parenting Company website and use the code KPCPODCAST20, that's KPCPODCAST20 at checkout.